Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Ten Show brought to you by Bookmaker. For all your gaming needs this fall during football season, hit our friends up at Bookmaker, bookmaker.eu. You can tweet at them as well, at bookmaker underscore EU. And when you tweet at them and tell them you heard us telling you you should go to Bookmaker, they will give you a $100 free play just for signing up. No frills attached. Just sign up today at Bookmaker, bookmaker.eu. Live betting, all kinds of lines, first half, first quarter, second half, the full game, parlays, teasers, the whole nine yards. Check out Bookmaker at bookmaker.eu today for all your gaming needs. The number one source for gaming in football, basketball, hockey, baseball, and more. Go check out our friends at bookmaker.eu. And we got a very special surprise this football season. Your chance each week on our Twitter account to win a $100 free play, picking Big Ten games. So make sure and stay tuned for that. Check out our friends at Bookmaker, bookmaker underscore EU on Twitter, and bookmaker.eu. All right, welcome into the Big Ten show. I am, wait a second, let me do this right. He right there is the almost <laughs> famous Adam character. I am the much less famous Jeff. Turn the Big Ten show brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company, your healthy hybrid advantage. So you can get more out of your field, so you can sit on the couch on Saturday and watch the game. Check out our friends at jacobsonseed.com for all your seed needs. The healthy hybrid advantage. Adam, welcome in. Last week I was getting y'all geeked up because I said we are closer and closer to the football season. Listen, dude, down the stretch we come. It is almost here. Okay, last week you were like getting a little excited, sort of pumped up, telling us about the seasons and all kinds of nostalgia. How excited are you this week as we are so close to football season starting? I'm simmering. I'm sim- like <laughs> last Saturday was the last Saturday. Are you Saturday on chopped without- or something? Simmering. I'm simmering. I'm just waiting. It's like right before a game when you're a player and you're just waiting to explode on that first play of the game. Last Saturday was the last Saturday for a very long time without college football. I'm just simmering and I'm just waiting, my friend. It's almost I- here. All right, man, I'm, I'm simmering too, man. Usually it's because I'm out in the heat and this pale skin starts simmering itself, but I'm simmering as well. I'm ready for some football. We'll get to Harbaugh and a self-imposed suspension. The SEC commissioner is going to make an appearance on the Big Ten Show with some comments he made. We'll get to those as it pertains to what is now the Power Four plus a couple of teams out west. Uh, but before we get there, we're going to talk some Iowa Hawkeye football today. Adam's favorite team in the country as a former Husker, God, they love Iowa, which is great because we've got David Eichel joining us today. And, and David uh, actually graduated from Nebraska and covers Iowa. David is with 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports covering the Hawkeyes. David, welcome in. I'm glad you got some of your brethren with you today and another Husker. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, like I was telling you off camera, off the record, I got a bunch of memes made of me. I got called a turncoat. I got the shame, shame, shame gifts tweeted at me by people when I announced I was going to Iowa after graduating from Nebraska. But, uh, you know, I get to venture back into Nebraska a little bit within the conference. And, of course, this rivalry is completely heated up, I think, over the past half decade or so. So it's, uh, it's been a thrill to cover for sure. Yeah, man, we'll get that rivalry renewed once again this season, which we will talk about in a second. I, I want to start right away, though, with the end of last year to now, how would you categorize this offseason and some of the things that were happening around the Iowa program? What really stood out to you as they prepare for another year? 
Yeah, here's the thing. Kirk Ferentz is often ridiculed by the national media in terms of he's not willing to change. I think Kirk Ferentz is willing to change. It just takes him a lot longer than everybody wants him to, to take, right? I think it's the second most important offseason, the Kirk Ferentz era. I think obviously 2020 with the racial disparity allegations and how they responded to that was number one. But Iowa with an all-time bad, all-time horrible all time so bad, I had a GoFundMe made for my bourbon fund for having to watch and cover that <laughs> offense. It was just absolutely horrific. Uh, I think it all started with Cade McNamara. Once Cade McNamara committed to Iowa, it was one of the most important gets, I think, in the modern Kirk Ferentz recruiting wins because Cade is where all the dominoes fell. And it was a very interesting situation because Cade, you know, being overtaken by J.J. McCarthy at Michigan – and this is a guy who won a Big Ten title. This is a guy who is the starter in a college football playoff game. He gets to Iowa, and he's not going to say it publicly. But you know he wants to play Michigan in the Big Ten title. Getting Eric All, getting an Ohio State wide receiver to go to Iowa. I mean, you talk about a former Wolverine and a former Buckeye are now reuniting on a new team in the Big Ten. The storylines have been awesome. But I think Iowa utilizing the transfer portal – and the way they've gone about it has been so, so important. And I think it, it has saved Kirk Ferentz a lot of face because as much as Iowa's PR wants to take a step in the right direction, then they announced 25 points per game and seven wins, right? I mean, just when you think they might turn a corner, Iowa just self-sabotage. And that was, uh, I think, Gary Barta's kind of final stand before he, uh, he departed the University of Iowa. So, Okay, in all seriousness – Everyone knows I'm a Nebraska guy. Okay, so as soon as they find out I'm going to talk Iowa football, it's like, oh, we just going to ham. No, I try to be as objective as I can. You got to keep in mind, I have called for Nebraska head coaches to be let go. Not that I wanted to, not that that was something I was looking forward to doing, but I try to be objective. But here's my question, and this is the first question I wrote down. Is Cade McNamara really the answer? And here's why I asked. Now, he did some good things at Michigan. Everything that you mentioned, okay? But his stats aren't going to blow you away. He has 21 career touchdown passes, seven INTs, in three years. And he didn't start every game for three years, but he only has one 300-plus-yard uh, passing game in those three years. He's not exactly dynamic with his feet. So my question is this. Had he come from Indiana, Rutgers, anywhere else but Michigan or Ohio State with those same stats – would people be as excited about him? Is he really and truly the answer? Because I do personally have my doubts. I think it's a fair question. I Obviously, the winning pedigree helps, but I would also point push back with this. Iowa's quarterback play over the past two years has been some of the most horrific play you can imagine at the Power 5 level. Iowa doesn't need a 300 yards per game quarterback. They're never going to play like that under Kirk Ferentz. They want to utilize balance. I think Caleb Johnson, the running back, is due for a big, big-time season. I think he's going to go for over 1,000 yards. I think he's been slept on a little bit. Iowa's offensive line, I think, is the big question. They have to be a strong foundation. They have to get back to what Kirk Ferentz is known for during his Iowa career. But Iowa just needs a guy who is, one, not going to turn the ball over, two, go through multiple progressions, and three, just can manage the offense. I think Cade does a really nice job with that. Back in his time at Michigan, and Cade, you know, he completed 64% of his passes during that 2021 season. Iowa has not had a quarterback complete 60% or more passes since 2015 when C.J. Beathard was there and they went 12-0 <laughs> in the regular season. Uh, so I, I do understand the pushback a little bit, but I think when you just look at where Iowa is coming from and the skill position players they've added through the portal – 
getting a more mature offensive line. I think Logan Jones, who's out Council Bluffs, I think he's in for a big year and taking a step in the right direction. But Iowa just needs a consistent guy that can constantly make the right plays. And it doesn't have to be a mobile quarterback, but just maneuver the pocket better. And I think Cade's capable of doing that. Obviously, I don't think we're really going to see where he's at until they go to Penn State on September 23rd. Now that's the, the fourth game of the season. David Eichel with us here from CBS Sports 24-7 Sports covering the Iowa Hawkeyes. They start their season off against Utah State. Then it's Iowa State, Western Michigan, and the aforementioned Penn State Nittany Lions. You guys can check out the Big Ten Show on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Bally Sports, and SportsIllustratedSI.com. We appreciate everybody that continues to like, subscribe, and listen to the show. Baby Ferentz, that's what we call him here on the show, all right? Baby Ferentz got a different contract than he had prior. Certain number of points, got a score, or your ass is going to get canned. Um, is, is this a realistic expectation, or will there be a new offensive coordinator next year? I think the, here's the thing. I think based on the amendments, he's going to be automatically terminated just per his contract. But there are a couple of different elements I think people need to look at. One, Gary Bart is no longer here at Iowa. They have Beth Getz, who I was very, very impressed with. And she just flat out said when I asked her about it in her opening press conference, she will evaluate it at the end of the season. And if you look at Iowa's schedule, you look at on paper, seven wins is pretty pathetic, just to be quite honest with you. Because look at Iowa's one of five teams over the past seven seasons has won eight or more games, right? 25 points per game. That would be good for 85th in the country last football season. And on top of that, I wish Iowa made it offensive points because how many points does Iowa score on pick sixes? How many points do they score on special teams? Iowa's leading quote unquote receiver for touchdowns last year was defensive back Cooper DeGene until Luke Lachey had his fourth touchdown in the bowl game. Like that's how much points Phil Parker puts up for them. So I'll say this. I think if Iowa wins 10 games, but they average 24 points per game, I don't think Brian Ferentz is getting canned. Because they're going to make, they're going to win the games. They're going to go to a Big Ten title at that point. And I just have a tough time being able to sell the fact that hey, I was going to fire their offensive coordinator, who by the way is the son of the head coach. Because this is not anything I'm hearing, but this is something that I think people have really failed to take into account. Gary Barta was Brian Ferentz's direct boss due to nepotism laws. If Gary Barta had chosen to fire Brian Ferentz, is Kirk Ferentz the coach this football season? I have my personal doubts about it. And I think that's, you know, that could be a reason why, you know, Brian Ferentz is with this contract amendment and coming back. Now, Phil Steele does a great job putting out his magazines every offseason, ton of info. He does a deep dive into just about everything you could possibly imagine college football-wise. And he projects Iowa to average 27.7 points per game going into this year. Now, you don't play Michigan. You don't play Ohio State in the regular season. You go to Wisconsin. You go to Penn State, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. Okay, so my question is this, because you got 16 returning starters as well, which is the most Kirk Ferentz has ever had in 20-plus years at Iowa. A lot of returning starters, much easier schedule. You got the savior in Cade McNamara. Pardon my sarcasm. Okay, how many wins does Iowa get this year in, in your mind? Because, you know, you kind of made it pretty clear seven it should be much more than that. So in your mind, how many wins do you think they get? Well, let's put it this way. This is Kirk Ferentz's last chance for a Big Ten title. People don't want to talk about it, but the divisions are going away. You're getting USC, UCLA joining the conference. I've been all on board of this since the beginning of the summer. It has to be Big Ten title appearance or bust. 
This has to be a 10-win regular season team or bust. As you mentioned, 16 returning starters. You get Caleb Brown, who I think won't be Iowa's leading wide receiver, but he'll at least be able to stop teams from stacking the box. Nico Regani is back for his 27th year of college football. It feels like he's a Jordan <laughs> Bohannon of Iowa football. Yeah. Right? You have Luke Lachey <laughs> and Eric All, I think, are going to put up very similar to TJ Hawkins and Noah Fant numbers. I, if Eric All stays healthy, his back, his claim to be 100%, I'm going to take him at his word. I think he could be due for a big year. And then you have Xavier Wampa, five-star safety. He's going to start the season. Cooper DeGene, who I think is going to win the Jim Thorpe Award or at least be a finalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Nick Jackson out of Virginia, linebacker, 354 tackles. And I think this is one of Iowa's deepest defensive lines in the Kirk Ferentz era. Given that and the schedule, I think this has to be an end-year bus season. I think it's a failure otherwise. Yeah, the biggest test on that schedule, Penn State – Minnesota, Wisconsin, you have Illinois who can put up a good game or two against some really good competitions we saw a year ago. Nebraska at the end of the schedule. Listen, man, uh, I don't want to I want to do it like this because I'm a Miami fan of you. Uh, but <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go 10 wins, man. How how many how many you got, Adam? Because 10 wins means they only lose twice. That means they beat either Minnesota or Wisconsin. I just assume they're gonna lose to Penn State. because uh, I think Penn State's really good. But I got 10. How many wins you got for him, Adam? Well, I actually have one more question for David before I Can get you answer that. my question first. How many do you got, Adam? <laughs> I want to hear David's answer. I want to be edumacated when I give my answers. Okay, Fair Jeff, enough. is that all right with you, my friend? Yeah. All right. So here's my question because this has entered my mind. If I'm baby Ferentz, I'm like, man, I got to average 25 points. It's it's in writing. I have to average this many points per game. And last year, what, what was it, 17.7 points per game, which was like 123rd in the country. Hopefully, we're slightly to a lot better than that. But do you think he's going to change what he's done offensively for years and maybe, I don't want to say panic, but a heightened sense of urgency to get to 25 points a game? Do you think he alters what they do offensively? And then I'll give my win prediction total. By the way, I did pick Iowa to beat Penn State this year and still go 10-2. Ooh, okay. Ooh. All right. Wow. I'll say this. Who are their about, two losses then? Who are the two losses I, then? I, I, think, I, I think they're going to lose to Illinois. Okay. And I think they either lose to Nebraska or Wisconsin. All right. I'm I'm kind of still toss up. PJ Fleck hates you, man. PJ Fleck hates you. Okay. And he can't believe he's rolling a boat. He's fine. It's it's amazing that PJ Fleck continues to be ranked over Kirk Ferentz in the coach in the Big Ten coaching ranks and everything like that. And PJ Fleck is like 0 and 8 against Kirk Ferentz. It just doesn't make (laughs) any sense to me. Uh, But the Iowa offense, right? I don't think Brian's been able to run an offense because Iowa's offensive line has just been flat out broken throughout the past couple of years. I mean, what could they really do schematically to combat anything? They didn't have the wide receiver talent. They had two healthy wide receivers at the time. Tight end Sam Laporta might be one of the more underrated players in Kirk Ferentz's tenure because he just never had any help around him. His stats won't blow you away, but I think he's going to be a big impact player for the Lions. So, I think you have a quarterback that's going to be a little bit more risky, take some shots downfield. I think Iowa's going to have a little bit more athleticism on the perimeter. Eric All, Luke Lachey can spread out some things. But if you're telling me that is Iowa going to look to score, they have 24 points with 30 seconds left at the 10-yard line when they can kneel it out. I think they're going to kneel it out. But at the same time, depending on the team, it wouldn't surprise me if Iowa tries to just get, get a little bit edge in there. Depending uh, but on Iowa the team. also might try to put up 50 against Western Michigan. You know, who yeah. knows? That's right. That's right. Good. Give me your, I wonder what that means. Yeah. Give me your pick then, Adam. How many wins? I'm going to go with nine. I don't think they get Penn State because I have Penn State right up there with Michigan this year, actually ahead sure. of Ohio State. Uh, part of that's due to a very easy schedule. Obviously, they're very talented as well. 
Um, man, with Wisconsin and I, I'm going to give the nod to Wisconsin, even though I'm very hesitant with the brand new coach and a new offense. But when you can turn around and hand to that running back anytime you're struggling, that helps a lot. They always play solid D. And I do. I have, and, and maybe this is homerism. I try to be objective, but I have Nebraska winning at home because I think Matt Rule by that time, hope, I think it could be a little bit rough early on until the offense hopefully gets rolling there in Lincoln. Maybe by then they can be rolling a little bit. And I'm just, I'm curious if I was going to have some sort of identity crisis on offense at some point during this year, trying to get to this 25 magical points per game mark. I, I hope that doesn't yeah. become an issue. It's going to be fascinating so me, to watch. Let me, Go ahead, real let quick. Me, let me push back really, really quick. So Penn State, the, the week before they play Iowa, they play Illinois, whose defensive line's great. Drew Allar going back-to-back against those defenses, and Iowa has experience winning in the whiteout, and Cade McNamara has beaten at Penn State, which is why I gave the nod to Iowa, simply because I don't know if Drew Allar is going to be ready to face Iowa's secondary at that time. That secondary is sick, dude. It's going to be great to mm-hmm. watch, man, and they're going to need that secondary to play spectacular to get that 10-win mark. David and myself have Adam, of course, being the Husker guy, just slightly below 10, only going with nine. Again, he's unbiased. <laughs> he's unbiased. He's told us that multiple times about Iowa. He's unbiased. All right, we'll see. David Eichel, at David Eichel. You can check him out, 24-7 Sports, CBS Sports as well, covering the Hawkeyes. He's got you covered. David, thanks so much for the time today, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, hey, thanks, guys. Take care. You too, man. So, Adam, I got to ask you before we get to Harbaugh and the SEC, do you need to take a shower after talking so much Iowa? <laughs> You feel dirty? No, not really. I mean, it's the Big Ten show. We're going to talk all schools at some point, and we might have 50 schools at some point to talk about in this conference. So I'm open to talking to any school as objectively as I possibly can, and I will always do my best, except Miami will always stink. God, man. By the way, check (laughs) check out the List podcast. We just ranked the top 10 Miami Hurricanes of all time, baby. How about that? All right, give me your top five real quick. Top five. Quick, who were they? Uh, I had Edron James. I had Clinton Portis. I had um, – oh, God, dude, I'm going blank, man. Who else I had in that top five? I mean, in my top ten, I had Michael Irvin, Vince Wilfork, um, Sean Warren Taylor. Snapp, Ray Lewis. Warren Sapp, I think, I think I had Sapp at 11. I can't remember, dude, exactly Ooh, where I had him. Wow. Okay. I think – I mean, dude, yeah, go check out the list podcast, okay? Right, you can check, check it out, out there. Check it out. All right, man, so let's move on to Michigan and talk about Harbaugh. Again, the Big Ten Show brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company, your healthy hybrid advantage. Farmers, if you're listening right now, you may say, I got I got my seeds covered, man. I'm good. I don't need to do something different. Just give them a call. You can check out the website, jacobsonseed.com. We promise you it'll be worth your time to give our friends at Jacobson Seed a call. All right, so Harbaugh was facing a suspension from the NCAA, and they rejected it. Then – Michigan decided this week, yesterday, uh, earlier this week, that they would ultimately hand down a three-game self-imposed sanction against Harbaugh. Three games, and it stems from alleged violations during the COVID-19 dead period, according to the university. And I quote here from Athletic Director Ward Manuel, while the ongoing NCAA matter continues through the NCAA process, today's announcement is our way of addressing mistakes that a department has agreed to in a attempt to further the process. We will continue to support Coach Harbaugh, his staff, and our outstanding student-athletes per the NCAA guidelines. We cannot comment further until the matter is resolved. We don't have to adhere to NCAA guidelines. Adam, give me a minute or so on what you think of the self-imposed sanctions of three games. Well, a couple of things. There was rumor and innuendo that it was over a botten cheeseburger that has since been <laughs> supposedly debunked, which is ridiculous when you've got – 
college athletes transferring from, from school to school over million-dollar NIL deals. And we're talking about a cheeseburger. Of course, that has supposedly been debunked. We don't know exactly what the details are, but let's let's just call it what it is. This is Michigan doing a preemptive strike. Hopefully, that hopefully suspending their own coach will lessen whatever the NCAA ends up doing down the road. And I'm not even indicting it. That is what they should do. Why would you not do this? This only makes sense. So we'll see what the actual issue is, because I don't think we really know, and we'll see what the NCAA actually does. But this is what Michigan's doing. That's why, and it's what they should do. Yeah, I, I'm just, I keep going back to every offseason with Harbaugh, and it feels like the last few years he's really entertained potentially going back uh, to, the, to the National Football League as a head coach this go-around. And I think... It's interesting that he was willing to take the suspension. It got rejected, but they're self-imposing these. I think if he was super interested in going to the NFL, he may have kicked this down the, the road a little bit and tried to have the suspension be enacted next year when maybe he's not Michigan's coach. The fact that he was willing to take the suspension, have it happen to start the season, leads me to believe that he's pretty comfortable where he's at at Michigan, but we all know Harbaugh can change his mind pretty quick, so it's going to be fascinating to watch once the season is over the Big Ten show again, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Bally's, and Sports Illustrated, all places you can check us out. That's Adam Carricker. I am Jeff Turn. Real quick, Adam, the other story I wanted to hit on uh, the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, was talking this week about how the college football playoff is going to probably have to change once again now that we've had all this realignment. Now, he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, it doesn't mean that we have to change the number of teams, but the format may have to change, which is an interesting way to say, basically, let's set it up so there's more SEC teams because we're going to be playing a harder schedule than everybody mm -hmm. else. Uh, I, I felt like it was interesting timing. We don't have a Pac-12 essentially after this year with only four remaining teams, and it's going to be a Power 4 seemingly for next year, but then things could change to maybe a Power 3 or just 2. It feels like the Big 12 is going to hang on, though, through all of this, the ACC probably most vulnerable do you think sooner rather than later we see either more teams added or the format changed to the college football playoff now that we saw this realignment the last few weeks? Well, one final thought on Harbaugh. When your first three games are games you can win pretty much blindfolded, it's easy to accept the suspension as well. But we'll move on. Uh, I, well, I, absolutely, there's going to be more change in college football. Trev Alberts, the Nebraska or AD, has come out and said, the SEC commissioner has come out and said, there's going to be more movement. It's going to happen. Alberts actually said it's going to be more, he didn't say earth-shattering, but it's going to be more earth-shattering than anything that's happened so far. I mean, I've seen projections of FSU and Clemson going to the Big Ten, which I was like, that'd be awesome. I'm surprised they'd go to the SEC, I thought, but whatever works. I think what the SEC commissioner is talking about is the fact that the five power conferences, so to speak, all other champions get an automatic top, like top six seed or whatever. And then the next highest ranked conference champion gets that the remaining six seed. That doesn't make any sense anymore. And yes, what he's saying is we want more SEC teams in, but can you imagine a pack four or whatever it is? So you've got like a five and seven Oregon state or something right. like that, all of a sudden in the top six. So yeah, I think the big 10, the SEC champ automatically get in as far as, you know, one of those top four seeds or whatever the case may be, maybe a big 12 champ potentially, but it's absolutely going to have to change from the current format because there's only going to be two or three real power conferences in the next couple of years. Absolutely, man. That, that's the point that I think makes the most sense. Um, you can't have the format with the way that the conference champions were scheduled to be slotted in, especially when there's going to be potentially a five and seven team if they keep the pack four together, which I think is going to be completely disbanded anyways. Yes, but, yes. you know, it, it makes sense for what he was saying. And more change is certainly 
on the horizon. Fun show today. Appreciate David Eichel joining us from CBS Sports and 24-7 Sports to talk some Hawkeyes. That's Adam Carricker. I'm Jeff Turn. As another page has turned here on the show, thanks to Jacobson Seed Company for bringing you the Big Ten Show. Until next week, y'all, be well, and we will have football. We will have football. Yeah. That was the Big Ten Show brought to you by Bookmaker. If you want to play on the games this fall, check out our friends at Bookmaker. Bookmaker.eu can sign up for free today, and by signing up, you'll get an automatic $100 free play for you to wager right away. All you got to do is tweet bookmaker underscore EU. Tell them you heard them on the Big Ten Show. Shoot them a DM. Shoot them a tweet. Tell them you heard them on the Big Ten Show as you sign up for your new account, and they'll get $100 right in your account today. And you can win big money, quick payouts, all kinds of wonderful bonuses, and more. Check them out at bookmaker.eu. Sign up today. Waste no more time. Get your account ready for a fun football season. Win on the Big Ten. Win on the SEC. Win on much more. The NFL, college football, college basketball, and everything else in between, sign up today at bookmaker.eu. Get that $100 free play by tweeting bookmaker underscore EU and win big today. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.